sound too terrible. I have another <laughs> guest today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? You can say as much or as little as you want. Uh, hi, my name is Hannah. It sure is. I am a 21-year-old woman. You sure are. You are. <laughs> I am a student. You are the true crime demographic I queen. Am. You really are. I do enjoy true crime. Yes. Some of my favorites are uh, Small Town Murder. Wow, you're getting free publicity. Yeah. In our last episode, we actually, Danny and I talked about some of the reasons why young women love true crime. Okay. So that's fun. I'm going to cough now. (coughs) Anyway, (laughs) I just want to know more in the listeners. So, like I said, the last episode, I had Danny. She's who we talked about some of the reasons, the psychology behind why women love true crime. Mm-hmm. So you are here today because we are going to talk about memory and how basically our brains are big fat liars and we can't trust anything that our own brains make us think. What'd you say? I forgot. What? I forgot. I said I forgot? No. What did you just say? I forgot. Oh, you're, you're <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I hated hated everything about that. Okay, episode two. It's cleverly titled, You Can't Handle the Truth. Because, Hannah, I ask you, the big question for this episode that we're going to be talking about is, who can we trust if not ourselves and our own minds? Any opening thoughts? Do you trust your brain? Um, honestly, no. I don't either. I I trust my gut, though. Okay, tell me. Like, I trust my intuition, usually. Okay. If I'm around somebody, I'm like, mmm, something's up there. I don't know about all that. Okay. Sometimes I feel like my body knows before my brain does. Wow, that's almost very evolutionary psych kind of. It might be an evolutionary Wow, that's cool. Um, (laughs) I trust my intuition. Not your brain? I don't know. I don't know. I'm a thinker, and so I feel like I'm prone to overthinking. Mmm. That's an interesting perspective. Hmm. Wow. If I've learned one thing through the debt I'm going into to study psychology, <laughs> it's that memories are wacky and our brains are unreliable. Okay, so we're going to talk about first a topic that um. <laughs> that is very... <laughs> Ooh, a topic. A topic. Those are my favorite. I love topics. So this one's controversial. Oh, no. Ooh. (laughs) Don't throw things out. This one's controversial. It's pretty contested. Maybe you know what it is. You're looking at... Okay, so we're going to talk about memory repression. What do you know? When I say the phrase memory repression, do you have any idea what I'm alluding to? Do you know what that is? I believe so. Okay. So, okay. from my understanding, memory repression is the idea that you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
experience something and then you push that memory down so that you aren't able to easily recall it. Right. Okay. So you're pretty on the nose. So essentially, repressed memory or memory repression theory says that we store memories in our unconscious because, like you said, we push them away. They're basically too traumatic or too painful to mm-hmm. deal with. So our brain's saying, uh-uh, not today. Mm-hmm. We push it deep down, and then a triggering event happens, and voila, we remember the event that we have repressed again. Right. <laughs> right. 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 So, like I said, this one's pretty controversial, which we're going to dive yeah. into. Um, in... In a lot of contexts, this gets brought up, um, that didn't make sense, this gets brought up most commonly in allegations regarding child sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty hot topic there, and actually, if we want to go history lesson, we can trace this theory all the way back to Freud. You know that guy. Good old Freud. If anyone has ever taken an intro to psychology course. I have. You have memorized it, ego, super ego, and all that bullshit. And you know that nowadays we see Freud as this sex-obsessed Austrian neurologist who we largely discredit as spewing a bunch of bullshit. However, a lot of literary works from... uh, the time that Freud became really popular, and even continuing into, like, the 1940s. Okay. uh, Rely, the psychoanalysis theory, rely on Freudian psychology and the development of characters. Wow. Hannah Mm -hmm. is an English major. Yeah, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) She'll put in some book knowledge and be more eloquent than I am generally. So, like, Lord of the Flies is really known for (gasps) relying. Yeah, so, like... Oh, Piggy's supposed to be, I think, it, and then, yeah. Yeah. This whole thing. It's, I can't remember. But. So, our homie Freud, yeah. in between bouts of heavy cocaine usage, develops this theory. And, yeah, like I said, it's really contested. Am I using that word correctly? Yeah. Okay. It's very if controversial. People... Right, yeah. right. So, the APA, do you know what the APA is? American uh, Psychological Association? Yes, and I have in... Sorry, that was loud. I have in parentheses on my notes, the big daddy of psychology. Ah. Um, So they actually warn that perpetuating this theory and giving people quote-unquote recovered memory therapy, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what it sounds like. You undergo therapy to recover these repressed memories, Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to help you uncover all of these things that you've repressed and blah 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 Uh, But they warn that the danger of engaging in that is that people can develop pseudo-memories, which, Mrs. English major, what does pseudo mean? Fake. Yes. So, yeah, it's fancy talk for you remember events either incorrectly Mm -hmm. or your brain will just make up events that didn't happen. Right. Like, you can spontaneously create, which I think is fucking terrifying. Which I'm sure you dive into this a little bit closer. Yeah, we're about to. But, but in terms of, like, witness testimony. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but I think, where I've heard them. It freaks me, it. like, just that idea yeah. freaks me out so much that your brain can create these scenarios that mm-hmm. never happen. And you are convinced yeah. that they did. And yeah. it's, and, yeah, so APA is, like, be careful if you're going to do this kind of 
therapy. It's not our fave. It's not our recommendation. Yeah. So are there, does the APA cite any benefits to this sort of therapy? Not that I've found. Okay. Okay. That's, and that, okay. I will say as a disclaimer that this episode is going to go more into the cons than the pros. Okay. And I'm sure that there are pros and I'm sure that I could find them. But this is my damn project, and it's my <laughs> opinion, and I say we're going to talk about why it's dumb. Okay, so all right. If you want to do more research and be more thorough and, I don't know, consider other perspectives, um, you, can, <laughs> you can do that on your free time. Not here. Okay, so to kind of dive deeper and talk more about this, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about a legal case, because surprise, this podcast talks about legal psychology. What? So we're going to talk about this case. So buckle up. It's a wild one. And I will say I told you a little bit about this before. Uh, yeah. So you, you've kind of been primed and you kind of know what's going on, but just pretend to act surprised and it'll be great for everybody. <gasps> yeah. Inject your commentary wherever you see fit. Okay. So. Okay. Here we go. All right. It's 1988. All right. The hair is big. The clothes are funky. The eyeshadow's blue. The economy was doing something. It's the 80s. 1988. So we we have Gary, Gary Ramona. He's 44 years old. And Gary, let me tell you, is living it up. So Gary lives in Of course his name is Gary Ramona, though. That's the most 1988 successful Is he a businessman? He is a businessman. Yeah, it just sounds like a businessman name. Uh, Yeah, he's a hotshot executive who works for a successful winery in Napa Valley. Yeah, of course his okay. name is Gary. But, but buckle up, you'll feel a little more sympathetic for Gary, maybe. Okay, so, he has this glam wife. And this glam wife. He's living it up. Everything's great. Hotshot exec. Narrator voice. Turns out that everything is not great. So, Gary has this daughter named Holly. And during her... Of course. So, Gary and his daughter Holly in Napa Valley with their wine. With their wine. 1988. So, she is in her senior year of high school. Okay. When she starts becoming more withdrawn, she's kind of taking more of a backseat, taking herself out of the family narrative. You know, acting. Uh, that's. What Pretty normal teenagers for do? Eighteen-year-old. Yeah, like, I remember being an eighteen-year-old girl and being a senior and being like, "Please don't talk to me. I hate everyone today." Well, and you're like emotionally preparing yourself to for leave college, the or yeah, yeah, or not even just college, but just, moving out. Yeah, yeah. That's why when you turn eighteen, you move on to a new stage of emotional maturity. Shocking. <laughs> so she starts isolating herself, and from her family or from her. Like friends Both. too. Okay. Yeah, she's okay. she's kind of being a little quieter and not hanging out with her friends as much. Okay. But but her her parents have started to notice that something is going on. Okay. And it gets worse for dear Holly, and she develops an eating disorder. Actually, she develops two classical eating disorders. Not good. She's anorexic and bulimic. So. Got the double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> Wife said, "Hey, girl." <laughs> Want to have a bad time. She's binging. She's purging. She's fasting. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, obviously, her parents notice. 
and since she's about Which to good. start... good. on them. Right. Since she's about to start college, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad they could take a break from the wine to <laughs> take care of their job. So, Holly, this is not... Holly, you're not as much of Prosecco anymore. <laughs> Are you all right? This is not a Ramona hate podcast. I'd like to <laughs> put that out on the internet. So, anyway, uh, they're like, okay, she's about to go off to college. We should probably get her some help. So, her mom thinks that she should start going to therapy. Okay. You know, as you do, trying to help. So, since they're rich, instead of doing, like, what we plebeians do and go to the university health center, she starts going to a private practice off campus. Okay. So, she's in college now, and she's going to her fancy off-campus therapist, um, and her counselor is actually a marriage and family counselor. Okay. So, not necessarily her realm of expertise yeah but she's still a licensed psychologist right right she she knows what she's doing but teenage girls with eating disorders aren't necessarily her forte Mm -hmm. um yeah so she she's seeing the therapist and it's she's not really getting better she's actually kind of getting worse like her her eating behaviors are getting more and more maladaptive Mm -hmm. and it's not going well um and her therapist actually tells her that 70 to 80 percent of women suffering from bulimia have been sexually abused. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're nodding. Okay. <laughs> so okay. she asks Holly if Holly has been sexually abused. Okay. And Holly essentially, in layman's terms, says, I don't think so, but maybe. Okay. And her therapist says, was it your father that abused you? And Holly says, no. But we can already see where this is going. This is a leading question. We'll get into it. But Holly says, no. No. Okay, so she stays. So up until this point, have Holly and Gary had a fairly normal? And that's what's so strange about this case is that up until this point, it seems like, like I said, it's 1988. We're living it up in Napa Valley. Everything's going right, like, pretty well. Okay. Um, but she, so she stays in therapy mm-hmm. all semester. And then it's Christmas break. So Holly comes home for Christmas. Okay. She's staying with the fam. Aww. I know. Holiday with the fam. I'm sure there's plenty of wine. Holly, Joe, and Christmas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best time of the year. Not for Holly, because oh, she, no. <laughs> excellent segue, starts having flashbacks. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 indeed. <laughs> so our girl Holly starts having flashbacks. Okay. And she's reporting these to her therapist after Christmas. She's like, I was home on break, and I kept having all these crazy flashbacks. And they, they start as... I don't want to say tame. That's not a good adjective. But th- they start as claims that are often heard in terms of sexual abuse. I'll say okay. that. they Pretty run-of-the-mill things her therapist has heard about before. Okay. But they start to build and build, and they get a little wilder. And so by the end of her recounting these flashbacks, Holly is saying that her dad has been engaging in bestiality, rape. It's it's not good. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it, it goes goes from zero to 100 real mm-hmm. quick. 
So she also tells her therapist that she noticed that while she was home for Christmas break, her father, Gary, would stare at her in a really sexual way, make her feel really uncomfortable. So her therapist is like, oh, I totally know. I've seen that before. That's emotional incest. Absolutely. For sure. I'm so sorry that happened. Oh, I've never heard of that term before. I actually hadn't either until I read this case. I had never. Interesting. I'd be interested to research yeah. more into that. Yeah. Maybe I'll put a little star like, back. I don't yeah. know if that's a. A clinical term or a something. A clinical that term she... or something that was maybe exclusive. Like. I wish we were a, a fan. pop up. Right. Psychology movement from the 80s. late 80s that they were like, this is a thing. And then someone was like, eh, <laughs> this is not, not anymore. Dude, I wish we were one of those fancy podcasts where we had some so, guy in the tech booth that we could be like, hey, Google yeah. this. Anyway, that is interesting, though. I also hadn't heard of it before this case. Okay, so her therapist comes up with an idea. She's oh, no. like, yeah. <laughs> not good i also don't like that you use the word idea instead <laughs> yeah. of theory like or yeah. helpful suggestion or coping, coping mechanism. mechanism ding 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 yeah. no she comes up with this idea or a plan I... she takes holly on down to the psych ward and she says all right holly we are gonna do a sodium amytal test do you know what sodium amytal, which I could be pronouncing incorrectly, is? Have you ever heard that sodium phrase? Sodium amytal test. Ta- so I'm going to take a drink. S-A-T? Mm. Oh. Sodium <laughs> amytal. Something with salt. Is the street name for truth serum. That's the street. Or, no, okay. Okay. <laughs> truth. Yeah. Wait. Wait a second. Okay. I was like, I have never heard that on the street. <laughs> What streets have you been on? <laughs> yeah. Truth. Some fancy streets. I spent a lot of time yeah. on those. Yo, you want some Upper street sodium amytal? In a little plastic bag. <laughs> uh, no, so truth serum is the street name for sodium. It's truth serum. Wait, so it's a real thing? It's a drug it's that exists. Serum. Well, I don't know. We'll discuss. It's okay. a drug. I thought that was just something from, like, superhero movies. That's what you would think. That's, oh, no. You would think that. Oh, no. But it's going to get brought up in court here in a second. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. I always love sitting on a jury and hearing about something from a superhero <laughs> movie. Where's Iron Man? Wait, are we talking about Holly or Captain America <laughs> right now? I'm getting my timelines a little confused. <laughs> so... Oh, okay, so this stresses me out, my proxy. So they take a field trip to the psych ward. They do a sodium amytal, I'm going to learn that I'm pronouncing this wrong, I'm sure, test, truth serum, and she says, my dad raped me. And her therapist says, well, to in order to lie under sodium amytal, you have to be trained. You have to know how to lie under this truth serum. So this is legit. If she's on this drug, she's telling the truth. So I'm sure you're going to explain why it's not effective here in a second. Kind but of. I'm really not that, very thorough. <laughs> but the fact that most polygraph tests are not admissible in Polygraphs! Court, sorry, I'm yelling. Polygraphs are bullshit. Right. So the fact that... Oh my god, I should do an episode are, on that. Yeah. Which are... Not real. <laughs> but 
they're pretty widely used. Yeah. And the fact that as much true crime information as I consume, I've never heard of a truth serum being used in a court of law, mm, already tells me that this is probably BS. I've heard about it on a few select Dateline episodes. Yeah, because I feel like if it was actually as difficult... Uh, reputable, as maybe? this therapist is reporting, then... Everyone would use it. You would think All that. police departments would be like, hey, yeah, kid. You should be a lawyer. These are very logical thoughts you're having here. <laughs> Interesting how you're synthesizing knowledge and putting together logical conclusions. <laughs> if only someone else would do that. Therapist? Okay, so. So then she has another idea. Oh, no. The therapist. She's like, okay, we're going to confront your dad. Yeah. Okay. So, if I remember correctly, I think they do it in the psych ward, so it's a controlled, safer environment. They basically bring Gary in, and she's mm-hmm. like, hey, Dad, so you raped me, and uh, I just took this truth serum test, so I'm not lying. It happened. You're in trouble. <laughs> You're in trouble. I think it was a little more nuanced right. than that. That could be the Reader's <laughs> Digest summary. Uh, obviously, Gary's like, what the hell? No, I didn't. And everyone's like, all right, Gary, come on. So the therapist comes in with her knowledge, and she says, no, 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 we have a classical case of memory repression here. What had happened was you raped your daughter, and it was so painful for her that she repressed it, but thanks to this truth serum and my wonderful therapist skills, she has remembered. And now the truth will be coming to light, Let's take you to court. So, shit hits the fan for Gary, obviously. The record scratches. Y- yeah? What, do you have a comment? So, like, prior to the eating disorder, mm-hmm. had there been any signs or suggestions throughout Holly's so. childhood that would have suggested some sort of sexual abuse? Such as, but we'll, not we'll get to like we'll get into that a little bit, but okay. most most of the things most of the things that they try to attribute to sexual abuse are commonly associated with eating disorders, and we'll get. But it's not into like that a little bit more. I mean, I don't know when they're alleging this rape occurred, but mm-hmm. it's not like she was wetting the bed until she was seven. I mean, or... I, not that I've read. Okay. I don't. Which I, don't I would think, so. think if you were. I think that it would be a, a detail. Yeah, I think that would bring be that a detail. Up. Okay. So, like I said, shit hits the fan for Gary. Okay. The record scratches. The '80s Napa Valley sweetheart, hot wife. And then the '90s hit, and it sucked. <laughs> So, Holly and her mom, his wife, cut off contact. Oh, the mom is with Holly on this. Oh, oh, yes. The mom is... Does Holly have siblings that we know of? They, in this article that we're looking at right now, they describe her as the eldest daughter. So, I assume that there's at least another daughter. daughter. Yeah, Yeah. that would make sense. So, there's got to be someone else. But... Mom, Sorry, I'm just asking you a bunch no, of No, no, that's, the, that's why you're here. If I didn't want questions, I'd do it by myself. <laughs> and no one wants to hear that. Um, so, she sues him for divorce. He loses his job. And then Holly sues him for psychological damages. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, we get into court. 
Well, set the scene. I don't know what 80s court looked like. Big hair. Oh, there were so many shoulder pads. There were probably so many shoulder pads. Like, Those get blocks. through the room. You're like, ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. No one can light a match because there's too much hairspray. <laughs> Those, like, chunky block heels. Like... Pantyhose. There's so many oh, pantyhose. Yeah. So many. Oh, absolutely. Pencil skirts. The, like, big wire rimmed glasses. Brown lipstick. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's a good time. So, not that you're in court, usually that's right. not good, but... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> the late 80s. <laughs> what a time to be alive that neither of us were alive for. Yeah. So, the court... <laughs> okay, I'm guessing it was someone more specific and not just the court, but for the sake of the story, the court... The court. The court says... Sodium and tests are scientifically inaccurate. Okay. They're like, hey, there's no psychological basis to this. Okay. We don't know that this works. You can't just make a drug and call it truth serum and say, look, now she's telling the truth. I'm guessing, like, the prosecution challenged it and the judge they was like, also, this is inadmissible. Yes, they also challenged the fact that the sodium amytal test and subsequent interview were not recorded. Oh. There's no film of it. There's no audio recording. They don't have record of... It happened, but they don't have record of what questions were asked. Does Holly remember this happening? I mean, I assume so. Okay. I, think, I didn't know if it was a weird, like, trance. No, I think she has to be. sort of thing. Well, I should have got some, and then we could have tried it. Yeah. That would a fun activity. Where's my sodium amnotol? <laughs> I have to start over. Scrap the whole thing. We'll look it up. We'll look it up. Do our own experiment. Follow-up episode. sells pretty well in the black market. Oh, yeah. But the court says, okay, if you were going to do this test, why don't you have record of what questions were asked and what her specific replies were? Because you're just telling us she said this, we said this. Well, particularly if it's anything scientifically groundbreaking to that degree. (laughs) Here's the thing. This is a hot take. So... I've learned through my one semester in legal psychology uh-huh. that the court kind of, I don't, people just do this thing where they use science as something like trendy and buzzwordy. Mm-hmm. And there's not actual science to right. back, it's like polygraphs. Right. They're like, these are scientifically tested. Yeah, they're scientifically tested to prove that they're bullshit. Yeah. Or to prove, you know, that your anxiety is increasing and your Also, the caveat with that is someone who's capable of doing a terrible crime is probably a really good self-monitor and good at controlling their Mm -hmm. anxiety. Or they're not going to be aroused by the same things that a neurotypical person is. I have a huge fear that I'm going to be just one day... (laughs) Wrong place, wrong place. (laughs) Yes. What's your alibi? And he'll be... Like, I was okay. playing with my guinea pigs. For instance, what? where were you last Thursday night? Do you even know? You're probably at work. Um, Did you work last Thursday? Thursdays? Do you I know? work in the afternoon. Where were you at night then? That's my good cop. Or my bad cop points. <laughs> That's your good cop? I don't even want to meet. Okay, hear me out. Do you have this irrational fear? Okay, so... <laughs> There's two, or I have so many irrational fears. One of them is when you're a woman, you know, you'll be on birth control 
or <laughs> sexually inactive and you think you're pregnant, even so like I have that, but on a similar level of anxiety inducing, I have this fear that I'm gonna get picked up for a crime. Absolutely. Yeah. I always all the time. even though I am I don't do no. anything dangerous. I don't hang out with people who do hard drugs. But I'm well, such an anxious person that I'm I not even anxious. I can't I, imagine what it's like for you. Yeah, like I feel like they would get me in the interrogation and room. And you're gonna sweat. And they'd be like, yes. "Where were you on Thursday?" And I'd say, "Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was playing with my guinea pigs." <laughs> Can they verify the no! Oh, can you imagine tiny guinea pig handcuffs? They booked them? I can't because I saw it on G Force. Oh, good lord. Anyway, <laughs> have you ever watched G Force? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> it's really good. Science! Should... Let's get back yeah. to the science! So, <laughs> I'm lost. Okay, we have a new character on the scene. Doctor. Hear that? Doctor. Oh, they're smart. Dr. James Hudson, who is the founder of the Academy of Eating Disorders. Oh, it said Academy, so he's really smart. Yeah. So, he comes on the scene, and if anyone knows about eating disorders, it's Dr. James Hudson who founded the Academy of Eating Disorders. So, he says that Holly's symptoms, some of which include obsession with weight, Okay. Preoccupation with food. Okay. And aversion to foods such as mayonnaise and bananas. Do you do you need me to explain? Never mind. I'm not gonna. Is it like they try to make the connection that they're phallically associated? Oh Jesus Christ! Give me a break! It's it's bad. Give me a break! Yeah, it's really bad. I hate both of those foods, not because they remind me yeah, of dicks, but like, because they're terrible. I was like, because they're difficult to digest? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know if it was an eating disorder thing. Like, she... So, they try to make that argument. And it's not a very good one. No, not at all. Dr. Hudson says, yeah, no. <laughs> Sometimes when you have an eating disorder, you have aversion to specific foods. Right. It's called maladaptive eating patterns. These are just symptoms of an eating disorder. Maybe those foods just are not yummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you eat a banana of your own free will right now? No, I didn't think so. You know what? I guess I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. I hate them a lot. Anyway. Yeah, so he says these these aren't sexual abuse symptoms they're eating disorder symptoms right this is a bad argument does he back this uh, claim that was made that 70 you keep asking me to be thorough sorry as if i did my research <laughs> anyway i didn't what, know if no it's fine which reports oh are, we, are you talking about the statistic oh yeah, we're getting there yeah. we're getting there we're getting yeah. there I have a bullet point. I have a bullet point. If you would let me finish my questions, then you would know what I was asking. I have a bullet point for that. (laughs) Okay. It's literally, there's one in between. Okay. So, (laughs) things do not go well when the therapist gets questioned, believe it or not. Okay. So they. How does it feel to be asking the questions now? They, who I, the court, they ask, okay, girl. So let's talk about this statistic. 
where did you learn that 70 to 80 percent of bulimic women have been sexually abused she says i love this i put it in direct quotes so i wouldn't fuck it up she says quote unquote i read it in a big book she that. said that. She did not. She said that. I will show you my sources no. after we record. She, she said that. It's in quotes. She said, I read it in a big book. And I like to think that she said it just like that because it's California. Like. In the 80s. Okay, ma'am, can you name the big book? Like, yeah. You, what? Do you have a confidentiality agreement? With there this are book? so many big books. Stephen King books are massive. The Bible, <laughs> huge. So many big books out there. <laughs> My anthologies for literally every single class. Give me back problems. Which one was it? <laughs> okay, so I love this too. <laughs> Have you ever seen a textbook, ma'am? Yeah. Wait, I, get, I just, I love that. I read it in a big book. Ooh, so then they Congrats ask her, you can read. Yeah, how insensitive to illiterate people, <laughs> am I right? So, they ask her if... She would believe a cl- if one of her clients was under sodium amytal and they claimed that they had observed incidents of witchcraft, would she believe them? And she says, yeah. Then <laughs> <And> she reads, <laughs> she, what, 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 she, what, what, <laughs> she reiterates that you have to be trained, which, where did she get that information? You have to be trained to lie under sodium amytal. So, like, obviously, if someone's on it, I believe them. I think this is just uh, acid. I, yeah, I think I it's think just the late 80s beautiful. and it's cheap acid. <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> I started adding in federal regulations. They were like, man, the 70s were wild. Let's tone this back a bit. <laughs> we should probably dial it down, maybe. dial it down and test it on some patients who are already emotionally vulnerable. Great idea. <laughs> Love that. So it works out kind of. I'm wheezing. <laughs> the court says Gary didn't do it. We don't have evidence. It's just gavel. Yeah, Gary didn't Gary do it. Gary didn't do it. All Official right. ruling. You can all go home. Write it on the docket. <laughs> he didn't do it. He ends up getting, I didn't write the settlement because I don't care about numbers, but he ends up getting not that much money and... Obviously, I there's no follow up, but I'm assuming that relationships with his mother, with his mother, with his wife, his <laughs> mom's wife, his mom's fine, with his wife and his daughter were probably irreparably damaged. Yeah, that's kind of hard I, to move past. If if my daughter said you fucked the family dog, and then took me to court, I don't think I would no. be able to. No. To come back from that, no. I, I don't know. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I just come back to a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I I'm gonna need a while. Go to my room. I'm gonna. <laughs> I need to cool down. Yeah. Time out. I need to take a walk for myself. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's elaborate some more on why memory is so difficult to trust because okay. it is. It's okay. so. That's just an example for you to ponder on. Memory sucks because humans are dumb. We're really dumb. Okay. And we're really easily influenced. Okay, so have you heard of Elizabeth Loftus? 
Yes. Okay. Well, boy, do I have a treat for you. I actually, I'm going to find it. I pulled up a picture so you could see her. Look, she's so cute. She is very cute. The listeners can't see, but we're looking at a picture of Elizabeth Loftus. And she's precious. She is very cute. So, she is a memory expert. She's one of my psychology crushes. Super smart. She knows what she's talking about. So, in 1994, she did a study, which is colloquially called Lost in the Mall, which is a study that reveals how therapists or just generally other humans Mm -hmm. can be responsible for implanting pseudo-memories. Okay. So, yeah, this is an experiment to explain a little bit more on that phenomena and how that can happen. Okay. So what had happened was, it's 1994, she gets 24 participants and their families. And these participants' families provide three stories about the participant. Okay. The participants are adults. Um, but they, they tell stories about the participants' childhoods from the time they were four to six. Okay. So just little anecdotes about... Oh, on Jimmy's fourth birthday, he got this fire truck. It was cool. You know, just Mm -hmm. anecdotal things that the participants remember from their childhood. But then they tell a fourth story, which is some variation of, we went on a trip to the mall when you were little, and you got lost, and we couldn't find you. Oh, so these are all stories that the uh, families are telling to the subject or the now adult. Well, they already have the memories of the events. And then they're telling Elizabeth Loftus. So, like, if we were doing this experiment, your par- your mom would tell Elizabeth Loftus, okay, so when Hannah was four, she fell down a flight of stairs and broke three of her toes. And, you know. No. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry I don't know your childhood. That was the first thing I thought of. I could have gone a lot it's more so dramatic. Oh, yeah, I could have gone a lot more traumatic. Yeah, that's I was pretty tame. So, anyway, you said cute anecdotal. Oh, the down a flight of stairs is not cute and quirky. Uh, anyway, sorry. It's a hypothetical scenario. So, uh, so she would tell Loftus this. Yeah, she, she's and gathering. And Loftus it. would repeat these to me. No, no, okay, just hang sorry, with me. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is getting, I'm so bad. I will never be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> this confirms that. I just have too many questions. But then there's another, like students. So there's another <laughs> story that is fake that Loftus tells the parents, which is some something along the lines of, you were small, you got lost in the mall. Crime, dude. <laughs> Thank you. I think, I think I'm going to drop out and be a SoundCloud rapper. <laughs> so, LA is calling. And I gotta go, baby! <laughs> Got the psychology degree. Um, <laughs> you were lost in the mall, and we couldn't find you, and this kind old woman found you and brought you back to us. Aww. Yeah. But the plot twist is that never happened. There was no mall. There was no elderly woman. It was all fake. Didn't happen. Okay. So the participants get told that they're going to be involved in a study about their ability to recall details of their childhood memories. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then each participant gets a written description of four stories. So three of them are the stories that their family members provided. Okay. I.e., 
Hannah fell down the stairs and broke her toes. Story B, story C. Pretty resilient youngster. Yeah, I'm really proud of you in this hypothetical <laughs> scenario. <laughs> Not to brag. <laughs> so then the fourth story is the lost in the mall bullshit. So three of the stories right. are real. One of them, not real. Okay. And Love then... camp get-to-know-you games. <laughs> they get reminded of the memories. They get a little refresher. Like, hey, remember this? And then they are remember asked... Remember that time you fell down the slide of stairs? <laughs> and then they're asked to recall in detail as much as they can. That was my pinky toe, my big toe, yes. and my ring toe. <laughs> You're an <laughs> ideal participant. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> so then they they have an interview and then a week passes and then they come in for a second interview okay one week later says the narrator and they do a similar procedure and then at the end of both of the interviews the participants rate the clarity of their memories okay so there's a very valid criticism of this study which is getting lost in a mall is not comparable to a traumatic memory like being a victim of child sexual abuse. They're not the same that caliber of extreme. That's true. But subsequent researchers have tried to combat that mm -hmm. and they've repeated the study, which is great. We love repeatable studies. That That's... means that it's valid. Or reliable. Oh, don't make me answer on the air. I get the <laughs> wait. Valid tests what it's supposed to test. Reliable is reproducible. I think. Okay. Please okay. do not take off points if I got them. <laughs> I'm being graded here. Okay, so. Sorry. They have repeated the study with some more kind of hot button dangerous situations mm. like. Being attacked by an animal, or hospitalized, or drowning and getting rescued by a lifeguard, which actually happened that to you. That did happen to Unless me. your memory's lying and it never happened. I'm pretty sure it happened. Yeah, you're pretty sure? Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't even think about it that much until my mom's like, hey, remember the time you Do you think you, you repressed died? it? <laughs> no, I just crazy. think I was like... Mm, that was a short nap. <laughs> what a good time. Why is this man kissing me? I don't know him. <laughs> I actually did die for a few seconds as a child. That's another Okay, way to one-up me. <laughs> Not to Not brag. I did die for a little bit, but that's for another podcast. I don't want to outshine you. So, here's the shocking result. <laughs> what? Shocking result. On Dateline, I'm Lester Holt. <laughs> Sorry, this is bad. Your hairline will reappear. It's shocking. What? It sounded very infomercial. Okay, the way you this said is so result. long. No one wants to listen to us talk okay, this long. Okay, sorry. We have to wrap I it up. I didn't know how focused this was. I I'm, can't focus ever. <laughs> I'm unmedicated. Loftus' study <laughs> finds that 25% of the participants, which what, 25% of 24 is math a lot. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not a statistician. Statistician? Statistician. Person who studies stats. That's not me. So, 25% of participants believe that the lost in the mall story happened. 25% rated that happened, and I'm certain. 
Which I know doesn't sound that like that many, but if you think about it, isn't that one in four? Isn't twenty five? There's yeah. four yeah. quarters in a dollar. Yeah, that's one in four. That's a lot, <laughs> right? If there were four of us in a room right it's now, it's definitely more than zero. Okay, <laughs> it's significant. I'll say that. It's not very valid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And then some other trial. It, I, I read a few different uh, reports on other trials, and I fa- the highest one I found was forty percent. Mm. But either way, from twenty to forty is a pretty. That's a lot of yeah. people. It's certainly not a number that I would want it's not to go up against in court. It's whack. Right. <laughs> it's whack. I'll say that. Yeah. It's not good. No. So what do you what do you think about all this? We've heard about this case. We've heard about this lost in the mall. Like, what do I think about repressed yeah. memories? Uh, yeah. Journey? What do you? Yeah. Or just memory, I guess. Um, give me your give me your thoughts. Want to take a drink? Memory. <laughs> I don't know. That's such like a. It's very broad, and I'm asking you to think quickly. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. I would say. It's fascinating, though, right? That it your is brain, you can become convinced. That something that did not happen, happened. It's interesting, too, from an evolutionary standpoint. Evolutionary psych is crazy interesting. There's really no reason for you to convince yourself that something bad happened to you. What benefit when do you did. have? Yeah, there's really no There's nothing I can make Other up. than maybe justifying abnormalities in your life. Or Ooh. maybe... It, that's good. That's a good theory. Like, assigns like some sort of importance. Like, those are the types of things we hear about on the news. When they define you. Yeah. And, yeah. And so maybe if... Well, I didn't even think about that as using it to justify slash explain... Yeah, like, maybe... Why you are the way it you are. It Holly deal with her eating disorder because... Well, and... She doesn't just have to think, okay, I have an eating disorder because... I have an unhealthy relationship with food. Right. She has something to pinpoint it on. It also provides us with an opportunity to take less responsibility for our well, and as a person who had an eating disorder mm-hmm. off and on and still struck, it would be super nice to have mm-hmm. a convenient. And I don't think that Holly had malintent. No. But it, I think she was very vulnerable, and she I would fell like to have into if I didn't have to have these introspective moments and confront my flaws right. and my own fucked up brain and why I can't seem to engage in normal behaviors that other people can. Right, like eating is a basic thing that people do every day. I'm like, why can't I do that normally? Right, that's that's kind of a basic human mm-hmm. quality. But if you had something if I had a justification to pinpoint it, yeah. Like, this bad thing happened and to me. And that's why I am the way I am. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier no, to I digest. No, I think that's a super interesting theory. Yeah. Um, I definitely could see that. Because, again, like, as someone who has had really traumatic childhood experiences, mm-hmm. I try really hard not to do that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's really easy to fall into. Oh, uh, absolutely. Like it, it puts you in a position where you can be the victim and well, being the victim is much easier than being and modern therapy has become so tell me about your childhood right that I think that people will look back into their childhoods 
and try to mm-hmm. grab for straws. Uh, yeah. And or even just embellish and yeah things that are there. Yeah. I and I really don't think see... she had malintent. No. I don't. I don't think she was like, ha ha. Right. Destroy my dad's winery. Right. <laughs> That's what I, I would think. be really interested to see like what a similar study, um, some of Loftus's studies re- replicated in other cultures. Okay. Okay. Let me here. I'm gonna. People can't see me climbing up on it, but I'm gonna stand on my soapbox for a second. Okay. Let me just climb on up here. I need a soapbox because I'm very small. Um, so my, I am very interested in psychological research, right? But I get incredibly frustrated with it Mm -hmm. because my biggest qualm and something that I would like to fix or work towards a solution. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, if anyone has any ideas, hit me up is I, we have this research gap, right? So much psychological research is collected a neurotypical, middle-class, white, college undergraduates. I don't know the statistics, as I have proven, but I am willing to bet that that demographic is such a teeny little slice on the pie chart that is the 7 billion people that inhabit this earth. I don't think that's a representative sample. I I agree. I think that... I, I would be really interested to replicate any study in another culture oh, and see if sure. the results are... I do think there are some behaviors that are innately human mm-hmm. that would be similar, but I but think the cultural impact is mm-hmm. there. And especially just because the way that um, Western, specifically like Euro-American, mm-hmm. and even more specifically Caucasian um, cultures kind of glamorize trauma in a really weird way. Like, oh my God, perfect example. What's the most popular thing for white girls to do as a social activity? Go on mission trips. Damn it. Okay, that's Get good. pedicures. That's, uh, okay. Go drink wine and watch The Bachelor. Yes. Oh, drink okay. wine and okay. watch The Bachelor. Okay, so what happens on every episode of The Bachelor, Someone Hannah? Cries. We cries. And what happens? They get rewarded. Yes. And what what does The Bachelor say to every bachelorette? I want you to be real yeah, with, with me. me. Be vulnerable. Be open. Tell right. me your secret. We glamorize mm-hmm. that. And, okay, I and I, obviously, as someone who's studying to be some sort of mental health professional in some capacity, I think... That it's great that we've destigmatized mm-hmm. and we can talk about trauma, but I don't think that that needs to be the forefront of every discussion. Being. You, ah, well, I've read this it really also great quote. Isn't true de like destigmatization if you are using it? Well, it's as like hypersensualization, right. if that's a word. Yeah, is that a word? I don't know. Okay. Sounds like it could be. Sure. Um, I mean, I said it, so obviously it could be. <laughs> Just came out of my mouth. Um, but I think we, um, I think we definitely tend to glamorize it. I think even if you are not stigmatizing it in a negative way mm-hmm. by attaching like, oh, they had a traumatic experience. So it's okay for 
XYZ behavior. XYZ behavior. Um, and it, it, it creates this idea that you have to have some sort of earth-shattering trauma or right. really horrifying experience to be considered human and to have death. Well, it's, yeah, it's part of the human condition. Right. And it is. Fucked up shit happens to everyone. Right. That fucked up shit is also sometimes on a relative scale. Well, and it's also, I don't remember, I'm going to butcher this, I often do, I read some great quote in a book the other day that was something- big book? <laughs> I read it in a big book. <laughs> I don't remember which one, it was right next to the statistic about bulimia. <laughs> but it said, uh, uh, it was something about, I am not what's happened to me, mm-hmm. I am how I react to what's happened mm-hmm. to me, or something along those lines. Which is good. I've seen I like it. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My thoughtful commentary. Yeah. Good. I like. I like. Approve. Good. Okay. So now, for just a few minutes, and then we'll shut up. We're going to test your memory. Okay. Okay. So. It's not very good. The disclaimer, I know, and that's, that's what if I picked you. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> um, you have been primed. As in, you already know some of where this is going, but again, okay. just suspend your disbelief and pretend that you don't... Okay. Okay, okay. Is your phone in your pocket? No. Where is it? On the table. Okay, great. Have you looked at it at all today? Yes. Okay, how many times do you think you've looked at it today, if you had to guess? I did some data thing on my phone the other day that told me I picked it up like 150 times during the other day, and I immediately wanted to throw it into a volcano because that's horrifying. Just in terms of how many times I've looked at it? Yeah, like how many times have you looked at your screen today, probably? Probably 50. I worked today, so. Okay. Well, icon is in the bottom left corner of your home screen. Snapchat. Okay. Oh, wait, you said bottom left. Sorry, I'm really directionally challenged. That's my bottom right. Um, (laughs) Oh... Bottom left corner. Bottom left is, I think, phone and messages are in the center. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say... Would you like to check? No, I want to guess first. Okay. I feel like that would be more effective. Um, (laughs) We'll just say camera. Okay, check. Okay. Google Chrome. Okay. Of course, it's something practical and stupid. And knowledgeable. Yeah. Okay. So it's Google Chrome. What time is it? Did not look. I'm going to say 8.26. I feel like maybe I noticed it was 8.26. It's 8.33. Oh. So that's fun. Uh, now close your eyes. Key. What? I said oh, key. Oh, I thought you said key. Okay. What socks am I wearing? Um, they're like these fuzzy ones. Uh-huh. They're white. Uh-huh. I think they have polka dots on them. Oh, wow. They're you're pretty a... dirty on the bottom. <laughs> they're very... <laughs> Actually, I did not think you were going to get that. Okay. Am, uh-huh. I, am I wearing makeup? No. Maybe mascara. Okay. What color is my lipstick? You're not wearing lipstick. Okay. You if open... you are, it's a really natural You can theme. open your eyes again. Okay. That was fun. Okay, so obviously you you do better with... People I'm pretty observant. Yeah. Also, as a disclaimer, the confound of this study is you see me almost every single day. That is and true. And my socks are always dirty regardless but of But I also just tend to notice things. Like, like, there's been multiple social situations where I will be 
very attuned to what is going on, and then you'll say, what? I didn't know that was happening. Like, what are you talking what? about? What? Why are they crying now? What's happening? <laughs> so you didn't notice that XYZ thing was happening? I am the most... I can't believe that I'm recording a true crime podcast and not being the subject of one because I am so <laughs> unobservant. I will get kidnapped. But the point of all that is yeah. if you are not actively paying attention to something, yeah. your brain is really good at pretending it doesn't exist. Yeah. So when you're not when you're thinking about what app is in the bottom of my screen, you're not thinking about what time it is. Yeah. In, in we can't the, focus in, on in, Yeah, like I knew that you were maybe wearing mascara because you were laughing so hard you were crying earlier that your <laughs> called ma- out that your mascara got in your eye. And That's so that why was, I had to take my contacts right, out. You're right. Okay. Right. And you almost never wear your glasses if you're not wearing makeup. Um, <laughs> you are being really observant. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, I have another question. Okay. Do you remember the photo I showed you of Elizabeth Loftus earlier? Yes. What was she wearing? Something black. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Do you remember anything else? She had bangs, and her hair was like a honey blonde. Okay. Um, she had like a pinkish lipstick. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna look at it again. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's like a dark blue. What if I told you that this is not Elizabeth Loftus? And that this is a completely different picture than the one I showed you earlier. What? And this is a different person. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Shut up. This is not the same photo I showed you earlier. Give me your phone. <laughs> Let me look at your camera roll. Give me your phone. <laughs> no, you don't need to. It's not part of the study. Tell me. Is tell it? Tell me the truth. No, you tell me. You're the witness. That this is, is the a- same person. It is... At least the same person. It may not be the exact same photo, although the angle is very similar. Okay. Okay. But her eyes are, like, slightly... She has a little bit of a lazy eye, and I definitely did notice that. Okay. Well, since Hannah's hypercritical, (laughs) she passes this test. Damn it, I should have picked someone dumber to interview. You're going to make me look stupid. All my psych tests don't work. Okay. Well, no, I'm just someone who is very unsure with their memory. Okay, well, if you would have been more gullible, if you would have been doing this on me, I would have been like, oh my god, you're right, that is a different person. (laughs) What? How can you not recognize a person? Because, like most humans, my memory is valuable. Am I using that word correctly? Is valuable? Valuable. Oh. Is that how is, is that the <laughs> right usage of the word? I'm not certain. Because, like, invaluable. Valuable. Yeah. My memory is bad yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Like, fallacy. So, yeah, fallible. Okay. So, the, anyway, the point I was trying to make before you punched holes in my test <laughs> is that often post-event information, which is shockingly information you get after an event, can challenge your perception. So, like, a lot of people, including myself, if I got told this isn't the same person, the person earlier was wearing a red shirt, I'd be like, oh my god, you're right. And then it would change my memory of the photo I saw earlier. What do you think of that? I kind of think it's silly. <laughs> okay. You 
It's true. <laughs> because it didn't work. Well, not on you. You're but I, it's hard for me to understand. Oh, so you're unempathetic. <laughs> <laughs> How that is so easily malleable. However. It's very easy. Especially in court. From what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong. I have no basis to correct you. <laughs> The more times you access a memory, the more it changes. That is correct. And yes. me thinking about, like, your socks and what, if you're wearing makeup or not, and the picture of Elizabeth Loftus are not memories that I have been accessing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can definitely see how... And they're not super fundamental to how I view myself. So I can definitely see how maybe... Mm-hmm. Happens uh, with witnesses yeah. a lot. Yeah. I could also say if you showed me a picture of, like, ten people that looked... Like a lineup, uh, perhaps. Yeah, right, like a lineup, and you were like, happens. okay, which of these is the picture I showed you <clears> earlier? That might yeah. be more difficult. Happens in lineups a lot. Post-event feedback is also a thing where a cop is like, good job, and they pat you on the head, and then you're like... Mm, I don't like that. I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a little silly. Okay. Um, but... I think that... <laughs> I also believe you that this is a thing that happens. I'm also pretty silly by nature, so. Okay, do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share once and for all? Um, (laughs) not really. Okay. Maybe the reason that I thought your socks were so dirty was because it was actually like a cat that was halfway underneath like on yeah the there is a cat i think i'm wearing them up soft, yeah. anyway thank you for joining me you're welcome thank Thanks you for having me of course thank you to my professor who has to listen to this and grade it i'm gonna make like five episodes guy. i know i feel so bad i'm sorry thank you to i'm gonna put this on the internet for anyone else to listen to so if other people are listening to it thanks yeah it's been fun We'll see you for the next episode. Bye. Bye.